welcome back to Hopeful Harvest Acres. This is Abby. On today's episode, we are on week five of our legacy study titled Discipling. If you would, grab your Bibles and a cup of coffee. Let's jump right in. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. It is raining here today, and I'm just sitting out in the she shed enjoying hearing it hit the tin. The birds are chirping, I'm drinking a cup of coffee, and I'm ready to dive into week five of this legacy study. We are officially halfway through, and I'm just having a really good time. I hope that you are as well. So the last five weeks, we have hit some really important topics. Last week, we hit on the truth that there is a strategy for making um, followers of Christ, and we would do well to study the scriptures to see how we can be discipling others to follow the Lord Jesus. And so that is what we're going to talk about this week. But we're first going to talk about our hearts for a quick minute. Because each week we talk about what are our pursuits? What kingdom are we building? What legacy are we leaving behind? Do we realize that there is a strategy for how we go about building God's kingdom? And it all starts with checking our heart's motives constantly because the Bible tells us that our hearts are deceitful above all else. Who can understand it? And so only we know our true intentions for doing something. Only the Lord knows where we stand. And sometimes we have to lay it all down at his feet and say, God, I'm not really sure that I know my own motives. And we should constantly be doing that as Christ's followers, especially if we're going to go about making disciples. So as we talk about discipleship this week, I think that it is extremely important for us to distinguish between discipling and evangelizing. What is evangelism? Well, evangelism is going out and telling people the good news of Christ, what he did, what he accomplished, what his mission was centered on, it's good news to those who accept it, and it's good news to those who will never accept it, who will reject it. It's still good news, but it starts with people understanding where they stand in terms with a holy and righteous God, and that is that we all fall short of his glory. So as we go about and we tell people the good news of the gospel, we are evangelizing. We are sharing the good news in hopes that people will become followers of Jesus. Now, as we compare evangelism to discipling, discipling is unique because as we look at the individuals whom God called, they would be Jesus's 12 distinct followers, 11 of them who God knew would believe in him, give up their desires to follow him until the end. And so when we look at the book of Mark, we have an account here where Jesus is calling his first disciples. In Mark chapter 1, verse 16, it reads, Passing along the Sea of Galilee, he... Saul, Simon, and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Follow me, 
and I will make you fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on a little further, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were in their boats, mending the nets. And immediately he called them. And they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and followed him. What we see here is God calling his very first disciples. Disciples! What are disciples? Friends, I want you to realize that whether you have this understanding or not, you are being discipled discipled by someone in your life. My mind goes back to whenever I had gotten that letter in the mail saying I was accepted into nursing school. Wow, I was ecstatic. And as I made preparations to go and pick up my books from the local college campus, I was looking at my class schedule. The classes quickly started. I was being discipled by these fellow nurses who were going to raise me up to one day go out into the workforce where I would be a nurse. I had to sit through tests so that I could receive accreditation through that school in order to sit for my nursing boards. That was a requirement. And after I passed my nursing boards, I got hired on as a nurse inside of a hospital working on a labor and delivery unit and I was discipled by my preceptor, a woman who had been working as a labor and delivery nurse for over a decade. And she would teach me the ins and the outs of what it looked like to take care of pregnant women, to help women give birth, to resuscitate babies, to assist with C-sections, pass utensils to doctors, take care of mamas after they had their babies, breastfeeding the works. I was being discipled and the skills that I needed to become a nurse in that specific field. And so the question is, what are you, be what are you being discipled in? Because we're all being discipled in something. I think about social media. Love it or hate it. Friends, we are all being discipled whenever we choose to click on that little app. When we pull it up, we're immediately being discipled. Ads are coming at us in every direction. They're trying to target you with things that they think that you would be interested in. Whether you realize it or not, they're doing it. And so you're being discipled. But as Christ followers, people who have been called by God, who have left behind their former way of life, we are now disciples of him, of Jesus. And so as disciples, we're also called to make disciples. And disciples are people who are actively following someone, that person being Jesus. Someone cannot be a disciple of Jesus if they have not made a profession of faith in him. And so that's what we're going to focus on today. What is a disciple? We've covered that a little bit, but we're going to visit a few different areas. So first off, are you a disciple? Have you made a profession of faith in Jesus? Because if you haven't, then you're not following him. You're on the outskirts, maybe. 
you're looking in from the outside, seeing people doing the things of Christ, but you haven't fully left your boat to go all in, to be fishers of men, so to speak. So for those of you who are listening, who have not yet decided to fully follow Jesus, I just want to encourage you today. May you hear the words of the Lord. May you have eyes to see his goodness and how he has continually been there with arms wide open, ready to accept you just as you are, hoping that you would come to him. He made a way, and that way was through his son Jesus. He died for you. He paid for your sins. And he wants to have a relationship with you. And so I want to invite you today to leave behind your former life and pursue the one who made you, who loves you, and wants you to walk with him for all of eternity. Now for those of you who are followers of Christ, for those of you who are walking in step with the Lord. We have a great call. We should continually be putting off the old and putting on the new, having the full armor of Christ to stand against the schemes of the devil. We can walk in confidence that our God is with us. And so our goal as we become more like Christ is to also be influencing others to become more like Christ as well. Once again, though, we must examine our hearts here because while we're making disciples for the sake of Jesus, we have to make sure that we do not have selfish motives for wanting to make disciples. And friends, this will be a continual day in and day out decision that we make, whether we're making disciples for Christ or whether we're making disciples for ourselves. Oftentimes it just takes laying it down, like I said, and asking God to search your heart so that your motives can be pure. Don't let it get you down if you have found yourself once again playing in the world and not looking ahead at eternity. We all can do this. We all have imperfect motives, but we need to know our tendencies so that we can know where the danger lies. And so if you are feeling capable of discipling others, which you are, you must also realize that you were never meant to disciple others alone. And if you think that you are supposed to be discipling others alone, well, then you probably need to examine your heart all the more. Because remember, we are the body of Christ. We're not an individual of Christ. Each of our bodies is a temple for the Lord. But together we are one in Christ. And we work together for the purpose of fulfilling the mission, which is to go which is as we go, we're to make disciples. 
And so we really need to be clinging to the church body, to fellow believers, as we go about accomplishing the mission to make disciples. So if you have examined your heart and you have really evaluated why you're wanting to make disciples, not to gain influence, not to make others more like you or to make people think that you're more spiritual, that is absolutely not the point. The point is to make disciples for the sake of Jesus. Jesus. And only Jesus. So something that's going to be helpful is that we need to break down the commands of Jesus to understand the who, what, where, when, and why of this command to go and make disciples. So we're going to go ahead and jump into doing that. So the who, again, we've discussed that we're not just making disciples with anyone and everyone. We evangelize to anyone and everyone, whether they are saved or unsaved, believers, unbelievers alike, we're called to share the good news. That's evangelism. But as we go about making disciples, we need to be very specific in making sure that our focus is centered on those who have made a profession of faith. They are following the Lord. And so, the who are the people that God has called their Christ followers. As we talk about the what to Jesus' command, we're going to discuss that more next week as we talk about being a disciple. But remember, we're focusing on who are the disciples today. So let's jump into when do we make disciples. Remember, we are making disciples all the time. We're not taking a break from being a Christ follower. We are always Christ followers from the moment that we lay our heads down. While we're sleeping, when we rise up, we are Christ followers. You are an ambassador of Christ, and we are to use our time here on the earth wisely. Where do we go? Where do we go to make disciples? Well, as we go, everywhere we go, we're called to make disciples, whether it's in Walmart, whether it's at your workplace, whether it's within the walls of your home, at a Bible study that you're hosting, a life group, wherever you are, you are called to make disciples. And why do we make disciples? We make disciples because it's what brings our God glory. It's why he came to the earth, friends. He came to save sinners, to open up the eyes of the blind so that they would see his goodness, mercy, loving kindness, that they would turn from their old way of life and run with arms wide open to the Father who was already coming towards them. Our goal is to leave a legacy for Christ. Our legacy brings Him honor. Our legacy brings Him glory. And we do that by pursuing the building of the kingdom of God. Our church is doing a study on the book of James right now, and so we just finished up with chapter 4, and a big central focus on the book of James, specifically in chapter 4, is that as Christ followers, we need to remember that friendship with the world is enmity with God. That means that we cannot be worldly people and also heaven-driven people. The two 
do not go together. And so, as we set our minds on things above, we need to be focusing on what we don't want to be a disciple of any longer. On our church's weekly podcast, they had brought a couple on. They are social media influencers, specifically with branding and um, doing hunting, shoots, things like that. And they discuss the dangers of not being careful to address your heart, so to speak. They didn't say that exactly, but I think that's where they were going with it. Because we could want to gain a following simply for ourselves rather than to bring the honor and glory to Christ. And as we see with a lot of social media influencers today, there are so many people who are sprinkling Christ onto their pages, perhaps to bring hope to people. I mean, I would like to believe that's why they are using the name of Jesus. However, only those people know. Because only they know the true intentions of their hearts. But one thing that Jeff, one of our pastors, said on the podcast was that nothing, nothing can replace face-to-face interaction with real people. And so as we are being discipled by these social media influencers, perhaps they may profess to be Christians. But here's the thing. Can you see them? Can you, this might sound strange, can you smell them? Do you know what their lives look like, their day in and day out lives? Are they truly reflecting Christ in all areas of their life? Or are they just showing you what they want you to see? Because they can. Because social media is centered on only showing you what they want you to see. And we can all be guilty of that. I personally don't want to post a video of my screaming toddler for you to see on the internet. I also don't want you to see some of the words that come out of my mouth whenever I am dealing with a screaming toddler. It may not be Christ-like, but listen, it's the truth. However, when people get to know me on a more personal level, apart from my social media pages... I know that that now I have this podcast and I get to talk with you all on a weekly basis. However, this is, again, a one-party conversation. You all aren't talking back with me here. But I would hope that as you get to know me as a real person, that you see that my life is a reflection of Christ. And if we are solely concerned about making disciples through a social media page, friends, we're doing it wrong. Jesus sure didn't know anything about Instagram. He's gone, so perhaps he would have had an idea that this would have came about. God obviously knew that Instagram would become a thing. But their focus was on real people. Ministering to real people in real ways. Going to their doors. Walking alongside them. You can't do that through your iPhone. And so, If you are a Christ follower and you are solely trying to disciple someone through your words that you're sending through a screen, 
nothing can replace face-to-face interaction with that person. You know, I tell you, my family and I, we sat outside underneath the overhang that my husband so kindly built, and we ate our dinner, and we were sitting down together. I was reading um, over an article that I had received from a friend at church, and my friend snuck up behind me. She didn't mean to sneak up behind me, but she had came to my house to bring me a little gift, and I screamed when I saw her. But I was so overjoyed to see her. We had texted earlier in the day just about little things, you know. We, we do that throughout the week just to check in with one another. But I was so happy to see her. I was so happy to see her face. Her small gift just brought joy to my heart. She didn't have to bring me that gift. I would have been blessed with just her presence. We talked for a while and... I was just, I was encouraged. I was encouraged by seeing her. Now we are blessed to be able to communicate with people with social media, texting, phone calls. Thank you, God, for these means. However, these should not be replacing face-to-face interactions with real people, especially if we are discipling people. You know, one of the questions here states, what draws you to the people and the things that you are already a disciple of? What draws you to the people and the things? Whenever I became a believer in Christ, I naturally wanted to be around people who were pursuing God. And so I went to the church. I had signed my kids up to go to the Wednesday night services, and I was actively searching for people who wanted to read God's word, who wanted to study together. Because as Christ's followers, the progress of becoming like Jesus, it's referred to as our sanctification, it should be evident in our lives. And I continue to want to be around people who love Jesus because I am attracted to their demeanor. I'm attracted to their love for God. And you should be as well. Because it's encouraging to us. I'm also greatly encouraged when I have the opportunity to disciple others in Christ. Because I love seeing people have those light bulb moments go off. Just like I have. Continue to have. As those layers of the onion continue to be pulled back. As I see people taking steps forward in their faith, I am motivated to continue following the Lord all the more. I am encouraged by their boldness. I am inspired to see people leaving behind their old ways, knowing that there is so much joy in following Jesus. And I hope that you will see that as well. That when we step out in faith to go to the places that the Lord has called us to go, to do the things that he's calling us to do, to be with the people that he's wanting us to be discipled by, who he wants us to be discipling, 
we have great joy. This is internal joy. It should also be evident outwardly, but first and foremost, it is an internal joy that we receive when we are being obedient in the things of God. Our inner character should be focusing on letting the Spirit of God direct us. The fruits of the Spirit, friends, that are found in the book of Galatians, they are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. The fruits of the Spirit will be evident that we are allowing God to lead us because the words will flow from our mouths. They will be evident in how we live our day-to-day lives in hopes that others will see Christ through us. Now, core competencies. We should also be pursuing core competencies when it comes to following Christ. What do I mean? Do you remember when I talked to you about starting out as a nurse? There were so many different aspects of being a labor and delivery nurse that I had to be trained in. They focused on four different areas. I was trained as a postpartum nurse. I was trained as a delivery nurse. I was trained as a baby nurse. I was trained as a scrub nurse. They were four different competencies that I needed to master. And it took years to get to the point where I felt confident. And quite frankly, I don't hardly ever go to work as a nurse because God has called me to be a full-time mom at home to care for the needs of my young and growing children. But I will never be fully confident and competent because I'm always learning. And so it should be with us as Christ's followers. We should continue to have our mind opened to spiritual realities so that our old way of life gets left behind and we continue to take steps forward in our faith as we read God's word, as we study and meditate on it, as we allow him to transform us from the inside out, we will become more competent, so to speak, as Christ's followers. Because we're learning the trade. We're learning what it means and what it looks like to be followers of him. And so, as we wrap this up for the week, I hope first and foremost that those of you who are not yet walking with the Lord, that you will hear me out today. That you will see that there is a seat for you if you're willing to respond. That God's already prepared it for you. You just have to follow him. And if you are Christ's disciple, you should be pursuing making disciples. It is the great commandment, my friends. We are to go as we go making followers of Christ. Not anybody, but those that God has already called who are taking steps 
Let's walk alongside them. Let's encourage them this day to leave behind their former life and continue pursuing the one who died on your behalf. All right, friends. Well, that's a wrap with week five, focusing on discipling. We really covered lots of good content today, and I really hope that you walked away with the knowledge that there is a difference between evangelism and discipling, and we as Christ's followers should know the difference. It's pretty important. Next week, we're going to focus on being a disciple and learning to seek out those who are actively pursuing a relationship with the Lord, those who have made a profession of faith and are continuing to grow in his knowledge. I hope that you all have a blessed week, and I'll talk to you soon.